Welcome to the Loyal and True Podcast, podcast for those Oklahoma State fans who are loyal and true, maybe to a fault. I'm Jason Evans, and with me is Jared Kennedy. Jared, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Been a been a little little under the weather this week. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, it's not, but you know, it's it's good. Got me out of work a couple of days, so so oh. that was all right. Well, I hope I hope uh, things are on the mend for you. Things are looking up. Um, but I uh, hate to hear that, man. No, they, they, it's, it's been good. I've been choking down that, uh, choking down some cough syrup and, and uh, stuff. Orange flavor. Oh. You know they yeah. make they make good flavors now. Like I actually, I actually kind of enjoyed it. You know, as I was, you know, partaking. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know they made orange cough syrups. So that that's something to keep an eye on. Well, Jared. Uh, we are kind of recording on the edge of breaking news. Uh, Mike Gundy pulling the old weekend news dump, and he has announced uh, Sean Gleason will be the new offensive coordinator. Now, Jared, who is Sean Gleason? Well, hey, let me tell you something. I was at the uh, Oklahoma State duel just just now, and when they broke this news, uh, the PA guy actually came over the thing. Uh, it was in the middle of a match, and they broke the news. Uh, Oklahoma State had hired brand new um, uh, OC uh, Sean Gleason, and I mean the place went a roar. Standing up, I mean everybody was just fanatic about the about the hire. Really, it, just, it went crazy. No, I'm lying. Okay. Nobody knows. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do that. But had they have done that, everybody would have been like googling on their phone. You know. Yeah, maybe I'm sure you, some of them probably know of him and and where he comes from, Princeton. But kind of a kind of a head scratcher, in my opinion. Another, you know, as you refer to uh, Yursich type type move. Yeah, so I, I mean, when, you know, I text you. I was just uh, sitting at home. I was trying to keep up with the, the duel on the Twitter, and uh, you know, suddenly Cowboy Football says we've got a new offensive coordinator with the press release. And uh, so I text you, and and yeah, I kind of mentioned it. It does feel yeah. like a uh, Gleason, uh, Gleason feels like a Yursich like hire. Um, obviously, you know Princeton is a is a far cry from Shippensburg State, um, and and it looks like Gleason has a pretty proven track track record at the FCS level. But still, it's kind of like earlier today, and today being Sunday when we recorded this. Uh, earlier, there's little rumors that Graham Harrell is is uh, showing or Oklahoma State yeah, showing interest that. in Graham Harrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's kind of interesting the way all this has, has come out. Um, but, yeah, you know, because I, I, I was kind of, I don't mean to interrupt you. I was kind of surprised you had said you had texted me uh, with that news. And that's why I had seen the reports earlier today about, you know, Harrell. And I, I so I was kind of thinking, hey, here we go. We're getting close to that. So then when you text me about the O.C., and I saw Gleason's name, it kind of took me for surprise a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think uh, any, I mean, I'm just going to put it this way. Anybody who's been following this, who who knew that Gleason was, was in on this job, uh, I think they're lying. I think this was definitely one of those things that Gundy kept this one uh, way under wraps. And uh, I mean, you know, like I said, Jared, when you look at his numbers at Princeton, 
Uh, I mean, for in the FCS level, I mean, they're they're pretty good. They led the country uh, in FCS and scoring offense this year. They were top five total offense. Uh, I think they were top five in third down conversion rate. Um, they they definitely uh, were able to pack a punch. They did it in 2017 as well. So, you know, he definitely, I would say, is more proven out of the gate than what Yursich was. Um but and uh, in the press release, it talked about his ability to coach dual threat quarterbacks. Uh, last year, Princeton's quarterback averaged uh, just over 200 yards passing and almost 100 yards rushing a game. And um, you know, you got to feel like with with Spencer Sanders in the fold, and and I mean even Drew, Drew Brown, he's kind of that dual threat quarterback. That maybe that had something to do with it as well in Gundy's decision making. Right. It's almost like I think it's. You know, here's the thing about Gundy. You say he kept it under wraps really well where, you know, most people, if they were, you know, truth serum, had no idea where he was going. But here's the thing. I I think that's typical typical Gundy right there saying, oh, yeah, you got this list for me. Well, no, you have no idea, you know, and he does his own kind of goes his own route, you know, whatever you want to call that. That's just kind of the way he seems to go. And it's almost like it's, Hey, I'm going to, you know, check the record books, you know, the Ivy league record books and, you know, see, because I mean, I think the, the tigers, the Princeton uh, set the, I think they set the Ivy league record um, in points scored yeah, this year yeah. or this past season. And so it's almost like, it was like, Hey, let's check out the record books and who's, who's lighting them up and who's going, but I I know that there's more to the story and I know that there's, listen, it ain't as simple as that. Gundy don't just open the the books and start reading who's, who's lighting up the pages. I would hope not anyways, but (laughs) I know there's more to it. That's just part of that's just me being a fan, trying to understand what the heck, like, like what, what are, what's the process of finding, a good qualified offensive coordinator to come in here and take over a division one program. And this isn't like it's Kansas, you know, yeah. it's, or, you know, somebody, I mean, we're, we're, a, we're a good program. We, you know, we're not obviously, you know, top 10 programs, you know, your Ohio States and, you know, Michigan's and Oklahoma's Texas, you know, those, but, but we're a, a I think we're a decent, we're a decent job. And especially for our offensive coordinators, like yeah. we've been stepping still, we've been, a, you know, it's kind of hard to, I mean, it's a good thing, but it's not really a good thing for Oklahoma state fans, but we've kind of been the stepping stool for a lot of these coaches coming in as, as offensive coordinators and moving on to a, a head coaching, you know, job. And so I would think people would see that and be like, you would just think you could get a good name. You would think you could draw a good name. Um, but hey, uh, I don't know. He's got to be better than your <laughs> Like that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I know that's a little harsh, but you know, it's hey, your did came and he did his thing, and you know he had success. Call it whatever you want to call it. But uh, 
some people may thought it worked with your seat. So why not try it with Princeton? Yeah. I mean, well, I'll, I'll say I, I definitely feel better about this hire than I did way back when sure. in, in yeah. 2013 with Yersich. Um, uh, you, you've got to feel like the difference between F, FCS and FBS is, is much different or much less than division three and FBS. So right. hopefully he'll be able to get a little bit acclimated to, to the speed of the game and the, the type of athletes uh, a little bit better than than Yersich because that 2013 2014 season uh, 2013 we had a great season but the offense definitely uh, had its had its its real struggles and then yeah uh, I mean you know we we can talk about it and we've we can agree that overall uh, Yersich was a a good coordinator but he wasn't he wasn't a great coordinator by any means. And and we've talked about well, how much of that was Gundy maybe keeping a little bit of a tight leash on him, um, you know, versus it being your situation, he's a little bit conservative. And, and we might, we might find out now that we've got another kind of unproven coordinator coming in. What kind of a leash will he have and what kind of game plans will he have? Cause if he goes all out and he's just, you know, pedal to the metal, well then you got to feel like, well, maybe your situation was just a little bit more conservative. Um, and it wasn't Gundy, it was more Yersich. So, um, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely interesting that in the, in the press release, there's a quote from Gleason and, uh, I thought it's kind of interesting. He says, there's a ton of overlap between the system that I've been in here at Princeton and Oklahoma States. As a coordinator, I believe in an offensive system that allows our players to be fast and physical. But most of all, I think that what we will notice on Saturdays is how hungry we play the game. And, you know, I mean, press releases, quotes, they, you know, re refine them and do whatever they can do to make them sound great. But that, that idea of being hungry uh, to play the game, uh, that definitely already sparks a little more fire in me than, than Yersich ever did. I hope that bleeds over to our head coach a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, because, you know, and I know people have made, the, you know, he's, he's, he's taken a pretty, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a hit in some social media, you know, people thinking he's, you know, he's, he's turned into a circus act and, yeah. you know, some of the gimmicks and stuff that he does, but, you know, it, it, you know, that's a whole nother thing, you know, so, some can look at it that as, Hey, that's good. Uh, publicity, you know, he does yeah. a little thing that we get airtime. And so that's good for recruiting and all that stuff. But, you know, I'm at the point to where it's kind of turned into just kind of a, okay, man, let's get our heads screwed on straight. So uh, maybe that'll bleed over to him a little bit and, 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 you know, make him a little more hungry. I, yeah. That's an, that's an interesting crow. I, I will say, I mean, I, I know I'm, I don't mean to sound, you know, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer about the situation. Does it, does the sit, does the hire surprise me? No. Yeah. Am I, am I, am I excited about the hire? We'll see. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not, um, I didn't expect, I, I did expect them to, him to make a hire like this. I just, you know, I just, I don't, I didn't, I was hoping that wasn't the route we were going to go. But having said that, I am more, like you said, I am more excited about this hire, you know, than I was um, your seat. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, numbers don't lie. And, and, and he's been around Princeton for a little while, I think. Yeah. 2013 or yeah. so was when said he, you know, he, he joined staff there. And so he's kind of made his way up. So, I mean, if he's made his ways up, you know, 
obviously they liked him there and he was doing good things. And I did think it was funny though. I, I, I was reading a couple of his quotes that he, that he had wrote and it's, he had, he had wrote, uh, what attracted me, what, what had attracted him to Oklahoma state. Um, and, and before I even read any further, I'm thinking, what do you mean? What attracted you to Oklahoma state? You're at Princeton, like <laughs> taking the job at Oklahoma state. You shouldn't need any attraction. Like, you know, it shouldn't matter. You're like, Hey, a D one, what a job that, that is a huge step up from Princeton. Yeah. I don't know, that kind of, it kind of had a little laugh about that, but hey, we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I am more excited than I was the, you know, the Shippingsburg, uh, hire. So I mean, you know, we'll see. And and I do like his. I mean, even though you, sometimes you can't go off a lot of numbers, it does show me, you know, like you were reading about the the dual threat, you know, quarterback that they had, and, and what we we're going to have with Sanders, and so maybe this is going to fit the mold a little bit better and. And yeah, he's going to have a little more imagination, and and you know we'll see. It, it could be a this could be a genius move by Gundy. So, <laughs> well, and of course, you know we'll we'll have all off seasons for him to to get acclimated to the system and then institute his own things. So it'll be interesting uh, come fall camp to see. Uh, you know, I guess even in spring football, you'll get to see. You won't see much, but you'll at least get to see him on the sideline. Uh, doing his thing. So uh, I, I do want to ask, and, and it's not, a, I mean, it's a college football is a, is a business. It's a big business. So, um, you know, you can't always take people's feelings into account, but, you know, Gundy again, went way outside of the program to, to, to bring in an offensive coordinator, just like he did with Yersich. Um, You know, what do you, do you think he had conversations with Josh Henson and Casey Dunn? about, hey, we're going to go outside, we're going to bring this guy in. Um, especially like Dunn. I mean, Dunn's done nothing but bring in Blitnikoff winner after Blitnikoff winner. Um, and it's not to say he'd be a great offensive coordinator, but is there, you know, is there anything between, you know, Gundy or Dunn or Gundy or Henson? Because, you know, last time this happened is when Doug Meacham hit the road. Um, you know, and Gundy's, his relationship went out. Him and Wickline, Gundy and Wickline, uh, their relationship went south, and it was all after they brought in another guy from outside. So, is there is there any concern at all for Henson or Dunn um, now that this guy's been brought in? I think uh, we got the entire spring to find out. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think pro- probably some of that will come to light. You know, you know, through all this this uh, transition, as you call it. I I would think so because I mean, if do we know that did 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 do we know if he even interviewed them? Well, no, we don't. You know? I mean, you know, the the football team has been completely silent about yeah. all all everything. So, so so my question would be like my question would be were they in, even interested? Because sometimes you know you get put in the spot and you're like, hey, I like this. I I kind of like the pocket I'm in right now. Yeah, you know. Were they even interested in moving up? Did did they show, you know, we could be out here saying, I can't believe he didn't interview them or give them a shot. They've got to be ticked off. But but really, you know, were they even in? Did they even want the job? Did they put in for it? You know, and so my second question would be, if they were interested in it, how did that conversation, you know, what yeah. was that conversation? Because to me, I mean, let's look at um, – Gleason here, he, he was at Princeton, you know, where he was the, 
what was he, the running backs coach? Yeah, originally, yeah. Originally. And, and, speci- and special did. teams. And so I right. thought that and, was kind of funny, too. Maybe he'll be able to help our special teams out as well. Yeah, maybe. But then he just got he just got bumped up there this past season, right? Or two uh, Two seasons, yeah, 17. So 17 two, and 18. Yeah, two seasons. Um, he, he moved up within Princeton to become their offensive coordinator. So I, you kind of look at, you know, Henson and Dunn and those guys and like, listen, I'm, I've been, you know, Henson's a little more new. I, even though he's been part of the program and he's been, you know, he's an OSU guy. He, he, uh, you know, he's, he's new at, you know, he yeah. hasn't been at that, at that, at his current position long. Donna, on the other hand, has a few more years. So, yeah, you would think it's like, hey, I've kind of paid my dues. You know, why don't I – why wouldn't I get a shot? I, I yeah. don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I That's why I say I think I think it'll all – some of it will play out, and I'm sure we'll get word of that a little later on, you know, maybe the spring. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, all I know and, – and maybe Dunn is very much in the category of just stay in your lane. I mean, he is <laughs> – I mean, he is, I don't care what anybody says across the country. He is the best receivers coach in the country. Um, I mean, you just look at the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so like, I mean, he is great at what he does. I guess his question is, does he want to be a head coach someday? Because, you know, he's been in Oklahoma state since 2011. So that, that, you know, he's probably at that, in that sweet spot, if he could either just kind of ride this out as long as he's successful, or if he wants to make that jump. Um, I think that the challenges from Gundy, obviously, is if Dunn wants to make that jump, he's going to have to do it somewhere else. Um, I, he's not going to be able to do it here at Oklahoma State. So, but I mean, all he does is produce winners. Uh, on the the team website on on Casey Dunn's page, uh, it's prominent pupils, people he's worked with either at OSU or when he was at the Seattle Seahawks or whatever. Justin Blackman, Marcel Aitman, Chris Lacey, James Washington, Edron James, Ju- uh, Julius Jones, Justin Forsett, T.J. Duckett. David Gaddis, Mike Bell, Chris Henry, Tylen Wallace, um, you know, hey, and Wallace is, is the, is the latest. And then, you know, we bring in, we've got Isaiah Anderson coming in. We've got CJ Moore, who's, who's, uh, got a year of prep work as a red shirt. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. So I, I, you know, I think as a fan, the last thing you want is for a rift to happen between Gundy and Dunn, um, like right. it has against some of his other coaches. So, um, no, I don't think there's cause for concern at all. It's just, you always kind of in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I wonder what, like you said, what that conversation was, if they had a conversation. Yeah. Um, do we, will we, will we even find out like, will we even know like who was actually interviewed for that position? Uh, I, I highly doubt it. Um, I, I think I mean, I, that's what I would like to know. Like, I would like to, I would like to see the list. Okay. Th- these are the guys he actually sat down and yeah. interviewed. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see that. I think, you know, one way we may see the, how the conversations with Henson and Dunn went is if Henson and or Dunn get a pay raise. Um, if we see them get right. a, get a bonus or something, I think you might say, okay, well, there there was a conversation that was had, um, and this is this is the the direction they decided to go. So, um, you know, I would maybe be more on the lookout for that kind of news than an actual list of, you know, who 
um, just because of the way Gundy plays things so close to the 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 vest. Because you know, for all Gundy would say is Gleason has been his one and only guy the whole time. So yeah, you know. Sure. You never know. Well, uh, Jared, uh, you know, we we're, we've are running an abbreviated show today, so let's just kind of get right to the sports recaps. You mentioned you went to the wrestling duel. Uh, Oklahoma State was finally back home, and they had a Big 12 rival, Iowa State. And uh, I think uh, people who, who clo- are close to the sport, they knew it was going to be a challenging duel um, coming in. But, uh, I mean, you were there firsthand. What are some things that caught your eye? Well, I – First off, the crowd was great. You know, they um, it was the first, like you said, first duel uh, back in, you know, Gallagher Iba since, you know, before Christmas or uh, let's see, when was the last one? It would have been probably uh, Oklahoma, right? Yeah, it was pre Christmas. It was or first yeah. of December. Yeah, first like the 9th of December or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, great crowd on hand. Uh, they were loud and they were, I, I felt like, uh, the boys came out with a lot of energy, um, started at, I believe they started at 57. Yeah. Um, started at 57. Um, I think it, it was kind of, it was kind of business as usual for, for the most part. Um, we did, you know, out, out of the, the 10 matches that we had, um, uh, the 10 weights, five of them were, were ranked matches. So meaning, you know, we had like, uh, try to go down through the list here. Like we had, uh, picket, uh, Dayton fixed. Of course he went up against Gomez. He's the number nine guy. We had a 13, 14 matchup with K Brock and, and Parker. And then we had a five twelve matchup with actually Gefeller didn't wrestle. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. That was Bula Wellen. Yeah. I came in to wrestle. Yeah. And then, uh, Jacoby Smith and, and, uh, Colbray, uh, 11, 19 matchup. So there was, so it, it, it calls for my point is it calls for a little bit of excitement. There was, you know, it's always, it's always fun when you have ranked opponents going at each other. And so I thought, um, just kind of to, to highlight, um, a, a couple of them, I thought Joe Smith looked great. He kind of came out, um, Chandler Rogers. Well, let's start. We started at 57 with sheets. Um, and he had a tough one. Um, and then we moved right in. I thought we were hoping to see Chandler Rogers. They actually, he went out there, shook hands. And so he must've weighed in and everything. So I was kind of hoping we were going to see Chandler, but we didn't see Chandler. Uh, we, we saw Chalmers instead. Um, and then I thought we really got going with Joe Smith, uh, at 74. He came out and just, and looked impressive, dominated, uh, put his guy right to the, right to the back. Um, kind of really got things going. And then, um, we had, a uh, gear, I thought had an impressive match. Um, he was number 10 ranked guy and he went up against, um, Nicholas who was, I think he was ranked number six. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, but that was a, a, a tight kind of flip flop, um, flip flop match there that, that ended in Nicholas's, um, he kind of got a take down there at the end. And, um, I don't know. I, I I just got off the road, so I don't have the the scores in front of me. Um, but uh, the um, the final of that match was nine to six because he got that he got an escape right. and then a yeah a takedown. Right, right there, right there towards the end, and so that that was a good match. Um, I thought it was a good match for Gear. I, I you know um, pretty good. And then the one everybody was kind of the, the kind of the highlighted one uh, was Fix 
and then Gomez, uh, which I think they, they met up, I believe they met up at the Southern Scuffle, and I think, I want to say Fix beating six to three, hmm. so, somewhere around there. But um, I believe it was the scuffle. But anyways, they wrestled, and it was a it was a live energetic mat, uh, match. Fix actually kind of um, Gomez kind of got in on shot there. I thought he was close to getting the takedown um, there at the end, but with time expiring, um, Fix uh, went ahead. I think he won five to four. Um, was the final uh, over him. So that was an exciting match. So a lot of good thing. I didn't think Cade Brock wrestled too well. He came out on fire. He came out. I thought he looked looked good. I was like, I thought, okay, hey, we're, we're getting Boo Llewellyn back. Um, there's going to be some a little mix-up. So he's coming out here, you know, kind of on fire. And then he just kind of hit a wall, and it, it just – I. I wouldn't say that he wrestled terrible. I just I felt like he run he run out and I he just he just didn't look as sharp to me. He he looked kind of sloppy in, in my opinion. Um, now Coach Smith may have another opinion, but I I don't think he was too um, happy with um, Cade's performance. And uh, so we probably need to do a little bit better there. And then uh, the match that we ended on, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but uh, Boo Llewellyn gets his first start uh, since the opening duel mm-hmm. against South Dakota State, um, where he uh, was injured uh, in that duel, had the injury default. Uh, Boo came out, and the crowd was loud. Every, you know, Everybody was excited to see him, and uh, he came out and was looking good. And I mean, just looking sharp, you know, there was a few things you could tell he's probably a little rusty on, but Hey, I thought, I thought his energy was great. He looked like a man that's gone a month or so without wrestling, um, and was ready to get back out there. And so, uh, he went out there and man, I, I want to say the score was nine to four or eight to four. It, it was something like that, but, um, Lou kind of took a half shot, kind of took a half shot and went straight to his shoulder. Kind of, I saw him land on that. I believe it's his left shoulder. Saw him land on that left shoulder, and it kind of got me because I was like, "Oh, that's that's his bad shoulder." And then, sure enough, he kicked over. And man, I'm telling you, he was in pain. He was kicking and uh, squirming. And uh, John Smith came out there and basically went over there and shook the Iowa State's coach's head. You know, they injury defaulted him. Um, that ended the mat and, and kind of as the teams were shaking hand, they, they, um, kind of, they kind of picked, uh, boo up and took him off to the locker room. Um, it was definitely, I, I believe it was definitely dislocated, but as far as, I don't think we've gotten any word as far as I'm sure he's going to have an MRI and really get it checked out. You know, it did not look good. <coughs> if I was a guessing man, I would say, He's probably done for the year, hmm. which which kind of stinks because we were talking about, you know, we were talking about the possibilities of, of maybe where Gefeller can move and maybe being able to do things, and then he comes back and ends up getting injured. And so, um, anyways, that's kind of how it ended. Ended on kind of a somber note, but the Cowboys did come up with the victory. Yeah, so. they did get the they did win the match twenty two uh, to fifteen, and so you know they had, they had actually locked up the match before Booze 
um, right. about. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a deflating way to to win um, when you when you see that. And then um, you know this team we've talked about it. They they've got a lot of pieces. You know, even without Luell, and they can they can still make a run. Um, but but if if he could be healthy, the way you could move other people around. Uh, would would really help this team out. So you you hope the best for him, and uh, right, you know what? You know. We don't we don't want to speculate anything. I yeah. I don't mean to say like he's for sure done. I just being there and seeing it, it didn't look good, and and hopefully maybe it was just dislocated, and nothing torn, and you know. We'll wish him the best. Yeah, uh, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Um, well, the, they they did take care of business, twenty two to fifteen, and uh, their next match is on February first. It's uh, a Friday night, actually. Uh, they they battle Northern Iowa there in Gallagher, Iowa. So, um, and then on Sunday they turn around and Lehigh comes to town. Uh, they're they're GIA, so uh, they've got uh, two matches coming up this next week, uh, and so uh, things are are really starting to build up towards that uh, Big Twelve Championship and and the NCAA tournament run. So uh, you know, wrestling team is taking care of business so far. So uh, on the basketball side of things, Jared, uh, it was uh, a mixed week for Oklahoma State. Um, they uh, lost on Wednesday night to University of Oklahoma, seventy to sixty-one. A game that they led by nineteen points in the first half, and uh, between running out of gas and running out of a, the ability to shoot the ball, um, they they eventually gave that game back to to Oklahoma. Uh, but then on Saturday in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, they took care of South Carolina, seventy-four to seventy, and. Um, Watching the the recap of that game, Jared, uh, that's the team that Mike Boynton needs if they're going to win uh, uh, any any really any more games in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, the first half against OU was was one thing, but even midway through the first half, uh, they ran out of gas. Um, but but this game against South Carolina, it was a hard fought game. Uh, both teams made runs, but uh, that the, did you get to watch any of it? Yeah, I, well, I didn't see. I saw highlights and stuff of this South Carolina game, but I, I did watch the the OU game, yeah. Bedlam game, and I, I, those are my thoughts exactly. I it was a typical um, we're only seven rotating two guys in, you yeah. know, type 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 thing. We came out on fire. We were lighting it up, like you said, got that nineteen point lead, and but you know, I think if everybody, you know, if you're sitting there watching that game. You know, if you're a you know a fan and you kind of know what's going on, um, you you kind of knew like I was sitting there knowing how it's great we got this 19 point lead, but eventually we have to run out. Be, just and it's nothing. I'm not saying it's nothing against the players or anything. Yeah. I, I thought they played hard. I, you know, I thought they they went out there and gave a lot of effort and they really did about as best as they could do. To be honest with you, uh, the first half of that game. They came out there, gave a lot of energy. It's just the nature of the game. When you only are rotating two guys in and, and you're having to kind of work with, um, you know, you're working with a line, different lineups than you haven't, you know, you're not used to having um, the entire season, then, you know, that, that's just going to happen. I mean, and, it, you know, it wasn't helping that, that OU finally kind of heated up a little bit yeah. and started making their shots. But I, I thought they played well in that game. Uh, to open up naturally, they just they ran like you said they ran out of gas. 
Yeah, and I mean it's it's bound to happen uh, when when you're playing this few of players. One thing I liked in that South Carolina game is uh, Boynton threw out that one three one zone defense, and he put Cam McGriff at the top. And Cam's athleticism and and length really uh, disrupted what what South Carolina was trying to do. So it'll be interesting to see as teams now have film of that how they, they counteracted. But I thought that was a brilliant move by Boynton to to put, because uh, normally you wouldn't put someone of McGriff's size uh, up there at the top um, like that. And so that that was something that was very interesting, a nice little wrinkle. And I think it really played to their favor in, in the Carolina game. Yeah, and I think, I mean, throwing Cam McGriff out there, listen, I, if, 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 if our team was made of five Cam McGriff's, and and I'm not just talk, I'm not talking about like his his skill level, you know. As I think his he has a ceiling for you know what he can do um, and all that stuff. But but man, that guy he is you know to the wall all game long. Yeah. I mean you're you're never going to see him letting off the gas. And and that is one thing I noticed in both of these games. I mean there was a couple of rebounds and stuff, key rebounds and and crashing the boards that, that he got that just made the difference um, in, in a couple of moments in the game, just simply because he was hustling and yeah. and he was just giving every, I just, I, I really think that it, especially a season like this, um, Cam McGriff, you know, we've talked about it. He, it it, it kind of relies on what he does as far as how the Cowboys do and not necessarily, that's not necessarily what you want, but, that's what we have. Yeah. And so it, Cam McGriff has really just, I, I think he's played a special season um, this season with everything that's kind of gone on. And like, you know, Hey, he's been shooting the ball. Well, he's been, he's been playing well, but, but man, that, that, that effort, you know, coaches yeah. always say attitude and effort, you know, you can control attitude and effort. Uh, those are the only two things you can control control that and let everything else come to you. You know, he's not, he can't always control how many points he's scoring and, and all this stuff, but man, he controls that attitude and effort. And I think it's contagious with that team. And I think that's what you saw, you know, against South Carolina was, you know, a little bit of contagious um, effort and attitude happening there. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And I kind of think, you know, all things being the same, you know, the assumption of McGriff and Waters and Dezogwa coming back for their senior seasons next year. Um, you know, you think about someone like McGriff with the potential of these incoming freshmen um, and how he if he could be a vocal and uh, a leader with vo- with vocals and with uh, um, example. Um, right. you know, I mean that it, it could be a really good team, especially if some of the load of rebounding and scoring gets taken off of McGriff, then I think he even just becomes better because he can expend all his energy doing the little things, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and he'll think, get his points a, and, and everything. Yeah. And I think, you're right. I think he's, you know, he's kind of like the, a Tony Allen type mentality. Like I think he is, I think he's perfectly okay with just doing the little things. Yeah. You know, Hey, your job isn't to score 20 tonight. Your job is to shut this guy down, you know, get me eight rebounds and you know, whatever. Yeah. But, and, and I think he's perfectly okay with, with, with that role. So yeah, I, I think you're right. If you, if you can have them back next year and, and <coughs> you know, but yeah, <coughs> excuse me, we got the, uh, 
pretty good recruiting class coming in. You know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, this this week they only have one game uh, Saturday evening. Uh, they're in Gallagher, but they're, they're taking on the Kansas State Wildcats. So it'll be a challenge, uh, especially for McGriff and and A. Uh, yeah, Kansas State brings in some size and some some post presence. So uh, it'll be it'll be another big challenge. Of course, every game in the Big Twelve is a challenge, but um, that is Saturday, Kansas State. So tickets are available if you if you happen to be around Stillwater, go check them out. Um, and then Jared, we need to get out of here, but real fast. Want to mention that uh, the women's basketball they did, they had a, a rough week. They lost in Manhattan uh, earlier this week, fifty nine to forty eight, and then they lost uh, at home to Iowa State on Saturday, eighty four seventy one. They they fought back valiantly in that game, uh, but the first quarter proved too much. They were down thirty two to nine after the first quarter, and uh, they just couldn't come back. Vivian Gray had thirty points. Uh, I mean, she she battled her tail off. Twenty five of those came in the second half, um, but uh, they just couldn't get it done. They have Baylor. Uh, on January the 30th and uh, that's in Gallagher Iba at 7 o'clock and so uh, that'll be a big game against Baylor so uh, go go uh, be loud and be proud if you can uh, support support the ladies but uh, Jared we've got to get out of here but real fast um, the the day that we're recording this is January 27th and and anyone who's a fan of Oklahoma State uh, knows that what that date means and um, this is the uh, unfortunate anniversary of the plane crash that took the life of 10 members of the Oklahoma State basketball program back in uh, January 27th, 2001. And um, Jared, you know, we're, we're sitting here uh, 18 years later. And uh, I mean, for me, this still matters uh, so much. And, and, and we talk about remembering the 10 and we will always remember the 10. But um, this is a moment in my life that that uh, it still just means so much and the, the, the loss of, of those, those people, um, just hurts so much, even, even all these years later. And I just didn't know what, you know, what are your thoughts as, as we recount, uh, the lives of those 10 people? I think you, you, you said it's it still, you know, it still matters or still, I, I, or, um, whatever you just said, it, it's always gonna, I think it's always gonna, you're always gonna have that, um, deep emotion for that because yeah you know we at the wrestling duel today you know they did the you know the remember the 10 um like you said today was the anniversary and it's just you get chills you know they when they start announcing those guys names and you get chills and they're not exciting chills they're they're chills of like almost like kind of like you know i don't want to sound like spiritual but just kind of like they're, they're in that presence of, you know, Gallagher Iba arena. And it's like, uh, you, you just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just special. Like it's, it's, it was such a hard day and such a hard time. Um, and so, especially being like a cowboy fan, when you can remember every moment on that television screen, you know, watching every, every news uh, thing that, that flashed in front of the thing. And then you went to the games after that happened and just, seeing seeing the effect it had on on that university it's not something that's still in my mind it's something that's always going to be in my mind and so yeah remember the 10 uh they never will be forgotten and um sad day sad day but hey um 18 years later um oklahoma state's still going strong that's right and uh you know, it, it's it's these moments that definitely remind you that sports are simply sports. 
Um, but, uh, you know, when you have a family as big as the cowboy family, it's, uh, it it doesn't make it any easier, but, um, hopefully the families of those who were lost, uh, they know how much each one of these people means to the cowboy family. So, uh, our thoughts and our prayers go out with the families, uh, that have been impacted all this time. And, uh, you know, we, we, we will always remember the 10. Well, Jared, I know that, uh, is, is, you know, I think it's an appropriate way to end the show today. Um, being January 27th, this, you know, will release on January 28th, but, um, uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to be on the show and, uh, man, uh, hope you have a good week. I'm planning on having a great week. Well, all right. Well, we'll be back next week with, uh, uh, some more news to share, some games to talk about and, and who knows what else Mike Gundy will do. So, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if, if you like the show, make sure and, and, uh, uh, share it, let your friends know, let your cowboy fans that are in your family and, uh, who you work with, let them know about it. We'd love to, uh, share our useless information with as many people, uh, as possible. So, uh, for the loyal and true podcast, uh, this is Jason Evans. That's Jared Kennedy. And we'll see you later.